0: Everybody and welcome to taking control the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright and right over there it's Nikki Kinzer. Look it's oh. Nikki.
1: Hello. Hi. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> I like pretending
0: that this audio uh, uh, mechanism here is is somehow that we're surprising one another or we're jumping out of a right. box or something. It's a real Sesame Street vibe. Uh, that we're going for. Um, uh, how you doing? I'm doing. You feeling good? I'm
1: doing good. How about you?
0: Ha- I'm good. Happy ADHD Awareness Month yes, continues. It
1: is. Yes. Continuing. Have you Have
0: you done anything this week to make you more aware of ADHD?
1: Well, I did do a TED Talk. Oh, that's something. Yes. You have so, to be aware
0: of your ADHD when you do that. Yeah.
1: So actually, I, I forgot to mention this last last week, but um, TAD is kind of a spinoff of TED Talks, and they've been doing this. Um, ADA is the organization that's been doing it, and they've been doing it for years now. And, uh, and it's pretty cool because it's these little nine-minute uh, little talks that experts give, and you get one each day of October. And, um, I did one of those and that was fun because I actually did talk about some of my clients and, um, some of their success stories and some things that they were doing to, to, uh, help them. And the whole, um, kind of theme of the Tad Talks is, is actually having experts and people with ADHD talking about like really positive things you know, what what has been a success or something to celebrate. So I I contributed my awareness to that platform and highly recommend people to go check it out because I think it's pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any... Yeah, I always feel I'm aware and I always feel like I share, you know, because yeah, when, people... Yeah, when people... Yeah, because when people find out that I work with ADHDers, then, you know, they're always very curious about what that is and what that means. And they always know somebody or they have it themselves or, you know, so, um, yeah, I try to spread the, the awareness around.
0: Just so everybody knows we have a meeting before we podcast and, uh, and I'm, I'm going to out you just a little bit oh, because geez. I think you'll be okay with it. We were talking about some things that we're doing for for our member program. And <laughs> he stops in the middle and says, oh, my God, I'm channeling my ADHD right now. And it's so rare to hear you say it like that. Now, you out yourself with anxiety all the time. Yeah, You, just, you wear that on a flag. But, but, to, but to be sitting there, I was sitting there with Melissa and I was just laughing and smiling. From ear to ear, because it's just, it's so relatable when you stop and and become aware so immediately of even your own tendency. Beauty of the spectrum disorder right there.
1: Well, right. And just to kind of give people context, I was, I'm avoiding, I was avoiding two major Workshops. I'll just be yeah. transparent. We have these workshops that we do for our supreme members of uh, uh, of Discord and our you know Patreon membership, and we're behind. <laughs> and yeah, we uh, we needed to do we need to do August and September, and and uh, oh boy, I've just been avoiding them, and I see it on the list, and I'm like, yep, I've got to do that. And then I feel bad about it because I haven't done it yet. And then I see it again the next day and I'm thinking I've got to do that. Um, (laughs) It just keeps coming. Yeah. And I I, I knew, I knew it's like, okay, I'm avoiding this for some reason and... Anyway, thankfully, Pete got one of the workshops um, out of my But I mind. was behind.
0: You know what? I was totally behind on mine. It was this ADHD uh, Apple or uh, Apple Watch walkthrough, features of Apple Watch, answering right. some questions that came in. And I realized as I was recording it why I didn't want to do it, because I knew I would have to have this camera mounted over my wrist. And when you're looking at a camera so close, I was like, "Ugh, my skin is all splotchy. <laughs> I thought maybe that's. Maybe that's why I have splotchy skin shame that I didn't want Aww, people looking so closely at my hairy my hairy splotchy yeti wrists. Yeah. I told you about my my uh Korean story when I was in South Korea and I was in a movie theater and somebody started petting my arm <gasps> next to a stranger and and laughed and said <laughs> tolegi like furry furry like Oh, a that bear. is a
1: terrible yeah. thing to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. And so I think I have some latent uh hairy arm hairy splotchy skin arm shame. And Aww. I didn't want to do it, but I did it. So don't don't make fun of my hairy splotchy skin. Yeah. Um, anyway, we did great. We're yeah, moving we through. We're out. moving them through. It's yes. coming. They're coming. Yes. So be ready. Anyway, let's go ahead and start this show because we've got some great stories and we're we're belaboring uh, uh the point. Uh or we are let needless to say, we're aware of ADHD. We are. Yeah. We're so aware. We are so aware. All right. <laughs> Before we dig into uh, the wonderful submissions for the topic this week, uh, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. Get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list, and we'll send you an email each time a new episode is released each week. Connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at TakeControlADHD. And if you've ever thought, hey... You know what? That Pete and Nikki, they're doing a lot of great work in the world. And they've got a little team that they're supporting to who are, you know, creating resources and putting things together and packaging things and and trying to teach us more about our ADHD. I wonder if I could support them directly somehow. Somehow. How could I do that? I have an answer for you. It's at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Every single subscriber over there, every patron. Uh, that contribution goes directly into the time that we are putting into uh, building resources for ADHD and incredibly helpful for allowing us to launch new initiatives. Uh, And we're trying, we're trying so hard to get over the hump on some new things, Uh, one of which is Pete's uh, podcast about uh, ADHD Pete stuff which might be the title. I don't know. Could be new title every week. It's the podcast is called new title every week with me. It's going to be really great. But also uh, join Nikki for study halls. Also get access to these monthly, uh, (laughs) monthly workshops just for uh, deluxe or Supreme members. And let me tell you, if you've never thought about becoming a Supreme member, this is the month. Because you get not one, not two, but three ADHD bonus workshops this month. I mean, they're going to be coming at you. Just you're just going to be like just a, a plague. Right. Plague workshops. workshops. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're uh, we've got uh, we've just got a lot going on, and we frankly we could use your help. So if you've never thought about subscribing, uh, head over to patreoncom slash podcast and uh, check it out. We. Deeply appreciate all of you, uh, and and to those who are already subscribers and supporters, uh, thank you so 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 much. All right, Nikki Kinzer, here we are. Uh, this we posted this question and got some answers. Yes. Where did this Where did this come from? This particular question. Why did you want to post this particular question?
1: Well, because Melissa Discord Mom said she thought it would be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I said, and, and you and I both agreed that, yes, it sounds like it would be a good idea. Um, and I do, I do, I think it's a really interesting kind of take. Like, where were you when you found out you had ADHD? It's it's kind of like, where were you when, um, you know, 9-11 happened? Where were you when, you know, these historical things happened? And yeah. obviously finding out you have a diagnosis is is a historical thing for you in your life. So, um, it is interesting. And we always like to, uh, hear from our listeners and share their stories with other people that are listening. Cause I find that people relate to them and, and they can learn something from them. And I just think it's a, it's a cool take, you know, on ADHD awareness.
0: I absolutely love all of these answers that we've gotten because some of them feel a little bit r- related to my own experience, but most of them are not uh, like I it just it shows the the breadth of experience that comes to how we each discovered that we have ADHD or in, in many cases, we're told that we have ADHD. <laughs> and uh, I really adore um, the the broad spectrum of responses. I think they're really, really great. So we thought, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about uh, where were you when you found out you had ADHD, and uh, see what you what you decided to, to share.
1: Yes. Do
0: you, who, do you, who do you want to go first? So, what are we, how are we organizing these
1: things? Well, I say we go through the way that they were diagnosed. So we've got childhood mm-hmm. diagnosis. We have a. a few people that are talking about that adult diagnosis we have a few people talking about that so let's let's start with those children
0: okay starting with the children and the thing about children I was thinking back to the kids that I knew when I was a kid who had ADHD and who were diagnosed with ADHD the way they were treated the way they were pulled out of class in some cases the way they had accommodation tools there was a, a young man in my middle school who had uh, he carried around a typewriter because his handwriting was he he uh, was dealing with impulsivity to the point where he couldn't write, like nobody could read his handwriting. His hand was moving too much. Um. And so he would type everything. And I just I, I've been really reflecting on that, on how he was treated, on how he was he was looked at and and just really uh, sad. And in, in some respects, you know, I I am grateful that I didn't deal with the social stigma because I went to a small school and without him. I might have been noticed more. You know, there's that Mm -hmm. real lizard brain response that that I feel like he he was out in front of of many of us who also lived with ADHD at that time, but didn't get noticed because he was such an outlier. Um, So Mm. my my hat's off to him today, wherever he ended up. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Uh, So the first one I've got here uh, under childhood diagnosis. I was diagnosed with ADHD and ODD when I was about six. My mom's professor needed kids between an age range for a psychology study, like the ones you see on college campuses that offer five bucks to answer some questions. I was in the age range, so naturally I was volunteered. It was doing some basic stuff like solving mazes and pattern recognition and stuff. In between the stuff I had to do, I, I couldn't sit still or even stay in my chair a good chunk of the time. I had to move or I would get physically uncomfortable. I didn't know how to manage those feelings. The only way I knew how to manage those emotions was by growling, biting, hitting, and breaking or throwing things. The professor said he could take us afterwards to the health center. Since my mom was a student, I could get treated there as well. After the professor spoke with the psychiatrist, they had me do various activities while another person spoke to my mom. Before we made it out the door, we had the diagnosis. Hmm. That means a lot, right? That the the whole idea, and I think that that covers a, a number of of folks. The way you sort of accidentally land on a diagnosis by way of something else.
1: Well, and I also think it's really interesting uh, the awareness of the only way I knew how to manage those emotions was by growling, biting, hitting, and breaking and throwing yeah. things, because that makes sense too, right? As a child. Um, especially at around six or seven when this was happening, Mm -hmm. you don't know how to put words to how you're feeling. And so that's the only way that you can really have any kind of release of this frustration. Right. It makes sense that that was happening. So I appreciate the, the, uh, awareness around that so that I think with parents especially if you've got kids that are struggling and they're they're acting out on these kinds of ways that there's probably a reason they're having a hard time yeah you know putting words to what they're feeling
0: and how grateful to have this discovered in a community of you know, professors and right. specialists who can help you and diagnose you right away. Yes, that, absolutely. That's a, that's a gift we should probably raise a, raise a glass to. What's the next one?
1: I was diagnosed at 13 when I found out I felt like everything came crashing down around me. I was already hormonal and felt weird in my body. And now my head is all wrong. I felt like I had no one who could understand my feelings. And unfortunately, I almost committed suicide. I felt as if nothing would or could improve the situation, but then it did. I got on medication, and for the first time in my life, things began to make sense. The chaos I was used to calmed down, and I realized with medication and therapy, I could get used to this new normal. I'm grateful I didn't go through with it, and I wouldn't change a thing about me now. Powerful,
0: ah. yeah, powerful, and what a hard journey to to move through, you know, um, that that you that it wasn't discovered even a little, just a little bit earlier. So you don't have to go through quite this. Right. The dark, dark night of the soul at 13, you know? Oh,
1: absolutely. And, and uh, that's a tough age, especially when you are more aware of what people think and, yeah, and how you're noticing that things aren't the same for you. So, and I am, and I'm sure Pete too, we are very grateful that you are here to talk about your story. Yeah. I appreciate that.
0: And, as sad as it is, it is, I, I think, a fairly common story, right? As as dark mm-hmm. as it gets, especially driven by hormones of early teendom.
1: Well, and I just want to say, uh, if anybody is struggling with those type of thoughts and feelings, make sure you reach out and get help. And I know mm-hmm. um, there, I don't have it with me but pete you probably can put in the show notes of the suicide hotline too so that people know that there's yeah actually um,
0: d- there's a uh help and support channel under the adhd official uh in discord and uh, melissa had put that in there and it's really really mm-hmm. handy and so we'll we'll post links over to that channel too Next, we got a young one. I was six years old when I was diagnosed. My mother always tells me that her mother would notice that something was always off about me. I was a very hyperactive child. I remember getting in trouble quite often in school the year I was diagnosed. I recall I did did not really start therapy or medication until I was about eight years old. For me, the two biggest things that have been a theme in my journey is that I did really well in grade school and even graduated 10th in my class. But when I went off to university for my bachelor's, I did not have the same level of support or structure. The other thing is that even though I was diagnosed and treated for my ADHD at such a young age, my parents were unable to meet my emotional needs and I was shamed a lot, which turned into chronic self doubt. I think that is in large part to the fact that my parents never had ADHD effectively demystified for them, creating a lot of that residual shame. OK, this one hit me square in the chest because mm. I think this is a pretty common thing in parenting circles. And I feel like this is a question we need to pin. And when uh, our our friends, Parent Palooza, come back, we have to ask them about this because there is, I, in, at least in my circle, when uh, the some parents find out that their kids have ADHD and they go through the diagnosis and they build all the the, the support mechanisms and things. There is a a place at which we have to um, we normalize that state through humor, gallows humor, even that can come off as insensitive because we don't know any other way to do it if we're not living with ADHD ourselves. Right. That that. Sometimes we feel like we've done enough as parents by getting the diagnosis and putting all the tools out here, and now we don't know kind of what else to do, and it creates it can create an unintentional circle of shame in uh, in families when you don't have that, mm-hmm. um, especially when there are multiple kids living with ADHD or multiple people in the family living with ADHD, and you know um, one parent doesn't have it. That kind of a thing. I just feel like that finding that balance, that communication balance where parents are as equally motivated to be demystified about ADHD and not just check all the boxes. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, I I think that's important. Do you run into that? Am I just, I don't know. Oh,
1: no. I mean, I think this is absolutely more common than, you know, we wish it would be. Um, And it is, you know, I think that when we talk about ADHD, a lot of times the emotional piece of it isn't always highlighted. You know, it's more about, mm-hmm. oh, these are the challenges and here are some strategies and, you know, people still think that ADHD is all about just attention and it's not. It's it's much deeper than that. So if you don't have a real understanding of how it affects all pieces of your life, I can see how it can easily um get into this shame spiral that you're feeling. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that I th- think was really interesting about this is how when when the uh, listener went off to to the university, Mm-hmm. and you know did not have the same level of support um that it sounds like that that was also a huge huge struggle and i think that i i find that all the time with the students that i work with mm-hmm. is they usually don't see me until after the first or you know maybe two uh semesters like that after that first year i get a lot of sophomores you know um yeah. because that first year was such a struggle so yeah. um yeah it's uh it's Real.
0: Uh, All right. So you got the next one?
1: I sure do. So we are with the adult diagnosis now. That's what we're going to talk about. Fancy. In my late 20s, a friend asked me if I had ever been evaluated for ADHD. That's an interesting question to ask. (laughs) (laughs) So, friend... Do you think you might have this? Uh, I kind of scoffed at the idea at first. I didn't think I fit the stereotype, but the idea stuck with me and I got a hold of Driven to Distraction and the slow process of trying to find someone who would conduct an evaluation started. Three to four years after that first question, I finally found a psychiatrist willing to let me try meds and my life changed. My initial reaction was just relief. I wasn't stupid or lazy. And when I told colleagues and friends, many would just smile and go like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I went through a period of two to three years of super quick personal growth. I felt more confident. I achieved a lot at work. I made a lot of new friends. It was like I had a lot of catching up to do and I could finally enjoy things that had frustrated me in the past. Oh, I love that. What a nice, I know. That's... nice story. Uh
0: yeah. I'm curious how the rest of these play out with the uh, the sort of hey, you ever think you might have ADHD? (laughs) Like, how do you now in hindsight, as somebody who had that uh, delivered to him himself? That's me. Right. (laughs) um, It's I think about that like like that question. I uh, you know how do you tell somebody that they smell good? right it's mm-hmm. always weird it's mm-hmm. just a weird thing how do you tell somebody that they might have adhd and might not know it um and not not make it awkward it's it's very much a hello fellow kids how do yes. you do fellow kids yeah uh kind of a awkwardness
1: so. yeah i got to say it's really interesting cuz i had a um i had a client a few years ago that once we started talking, and he had the diagnosis of ADHD, so that wasn't the issue, but I could tell there was a lot of anxiety that was coming up too. And because yeah. I can recognize it so quickly, because I have it myself, it was, you know, I could see it. Um, But it was interesting because as we were talking about it, it became very, uh, our eye became really aware that he wasn't aware that that's what was happening. And so it is interesting, like, That question, because are you going to be surprised or are you like, have you already thought that maybe you have it and you just are now being kind of called on it for some reason? Like, it's just an interesting um, dynamic. It would be interesting to to kind of see, but like, I would love to interview that person that asked her that, like, why, mm-hmm. why did you ask that? You know, what made yeah, you think? Right, yeah. right. Or because him you're, or her, there's, sure. there is a yeah.
0: projection going on there right, at some level, yeah, you know, totally. it's like, I feel much more comfortable asking somebody if they think they've ever, they've ever experienced any symptoms of ADHD because of my experience with ADHD. Yes, but part yeah. of that is because I've been hosting an ADHD podcast for 10 <laughs> right. years, right? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Th- that I feel like I can get away with stuff, right. uh, uh, maybe a little bit more than friend.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Them. I didn't find this out till I was in my 30s, but I was diagnosed as a child in school with 80. What? Wait a minute. I didn't find out that I had been diagnosed when I was a kid until I was in my 30s.
1: <laughs> I did. That find is something to till... stop
0: and think about yeah. because, oh, I just I'm going to read the whole thing and then yeah. I'm going to react in, in shock and awe. I didn't find this out till I was in my 30s, but I was diagnosed as a child in school with ADD, but my parents didn't believe it was a real thing. They just thought it was lazy parents who didn't want to deal with a hyperactive child. So as a kid, I was oblivious that I even had a problem. It was, and a problem is in heavy air. It wasn't until my late 20s that I sought out help on my own, tired of losing jobs, going broke, train wreck relationships. But even then I wasn't diagnosed with ADHD. I was, I was diagnosed as having bipolar disorder and put on medication for it. Another five, four or five years of not getting much better and changing my psychiatrist about five times, I finally had one tell me I had ADHD and put me on medication. I'd be lying if I said that solved all my problems, not even close, but it was a pinnacle point that started me on a path of self-awareness. Seeking out ways to help myself become more organized led me to take to the Taking Control podcast along with numerous books and even some therapy thrown in there. I didn't go bankrupt, lose a job, or spend an entire morning looking for, at a shiny doorknob for no apparent reason. So, shiny doorknob is now a mantra for me, too. Yes. I'm going to be using that a lot, shiny doorknob. Um, this is, uh, I have to imagine that there are a lot of these, especially um, kids uh, in the 80s.
1: Oh, for this sure. Is a, well, this is because, a kids in
0: the 80s syndrome.
1: Absolutely. Because even when you were talking about uh, earlier, when you were saying, yeah. you were talking about your class and, yeah. and, uh, and I'm thinking, cause I grew up in a small, well, my elementary school was really small um, and middle and high school was, was average size, but I still can't remember really anybody. I can't tell you if anybody had ADHD or not. I don't even know if it was even talked about, like- and I'm yeah. definitely a kid of the eighties. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, yeah, you're probably right on with this. Just yeah, the time yeah. era. Well, yeah.
0: And, and I, I think that because our, my middle school had, I, I think there were maybe 35, 40 kids between seventh and eighth grade. Like mm-hmm. it, it was a small place. So when one person and and that person I was talking about, we'll call him Eric. Um, <laughs> when eric uh would he was he was like loud and proud about his mm-hmm. adhd like there was nothing else he could be and so in a community that small when you go to parents night as a parent and you see the struggles that eric's parents are going through um in communicating with the teachers who at that point were not trained terribly thoroughly on how to deal with adhd in the classroom um it is it becomes a norm that you don't want to <laughs> land on right Right? as a parent like i can absolutely see as a parent making this choice thinking okay you know this is i this will not reflect poorly on me nobody understands what this is we're just going to it's just didn't happen we're just going to mm-hmm. pretend it didn't happen and i i got that of course Of course, that happened to a lot of us. Yes. Yes. And it goes straight to the point that when I found out I had my ADHD diagnosis, I almost couldn't couldn't talk to my parents about it. They they were so like stubborn about the fact that that, you know, I now had this this acronym that described, you know, 15 years of school frustration Mm -hmm. uh, that because they felt a great deal of shame that they couldn't they, they didn't see it thoroughly themselves. Mm-hmm. I I absolutely understand that.
1: Oh yes. Yes. Well, right. and kudos for this person to be able to to reach out and get help on their own too later yeah. if they were older. I think that's that's a lot of uh it takes a lot of courage and, and uh courage and, and just being brave to say, Hey, I need some help. Something's not right. So
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All
1: okay. Right. Here I go. I had a gastric sleeve when I was 27 after reaching 145 kilograms. I lost about 45 kilograms fairly quick, quickly. So I have to ask because I, I, are kilograms and like weight, like the pounds, how are, how is that different?
0: One kilogram is 2.2 pounds. That's the ratio, okay. roughly 2.2 pounds. So when you're looking at um, 145 kilograms, that's 319 pounds.
1: Okay, and then they lost how much? Then 40
0: 45 Five. kilograms, which is 99 pounds.
1: Wow. Okay, fairly that's quickly. A, that's
0: that's a celebration. Yeah, too. absolutely.
1: Yeah. And which was awesome. Over the next couple of years, I over the next couple of years, I put a lot of the weight back on. So revisited my surgeon. Being an ethical doctor, he referred me to a psychologist before committing to further surgery because he believed a lot of my eating problems were mental. Within half an hour, the psychologist suggested I may have some ADHD traits, but we parked it because I was there for an eating disorder primarily. In the sixth session, I found I was stuck on a simple written task, something like name your anxieties in the workplace. I kept getting stuck on one idea and couldn't move past it. At that point, she whipped out the questionnaire and I did it there in her office. She e- emailed me the results and some suggested psychiatrists who specialize in adult ADHD. That was four years ago when my first son was two and a half and my second son was three months from joining the gang. I'm not sure I would have survived as a parent of multiple kids if I didn't have the appropriate treatment and insight into how I operate. Wow. Yeah. Uh you know first of all, kudos to having an ethical doctor and, um, and for the psychologist and, and this person to keep working together, you know, to, to figure, to figure out kind of what was going on, because that's the problem I think that I hear a lot with clients is they don't have a lot of time with the doctor. So they, you know, they prescribe the medicine and they say, okay, here, try this and see if it makes you feel any better. And, you know, if you have ADHD, the medicine can definitely help. But if you have other things under that as well, depression, anxiety, uh, which the three usually do go together, it's really difficult to, you know, really figure out is it the ADHD that's causing the stress or the the depression or is it the depression that's causing the anxiety Mm -hmm. or the ADHD? And so I just kudos to them to really figure out that there was something underlying here. And that was the ADHD because especially with eating disorders, I would love to get somebody on here to talk about eating disorders and ADHD and the the Mm -hmm. connection there, because, um, you know, there, there is, and I've, I've heard some people speak about it. And I, I, that's one of my goals for, our show is to get somebody mm-hmm. to, to talk about that. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your, your story here.
0: Last we have here, uh, the, uh, the last one, my son was diagnosed in third grade after being kicked out of school until receiving a diagnosis. Then when my daughter started having trouble in school, focusing in high school, I thought to have her looked at. She was also diagnosed then around age 37, 38, I was diagnosed while going through a divorce. Now that I'm learning so much about ADHD, I noticed that my mother is so hyperactive and my father has some of the very same tendencies as me. And my two brothers, I'm sure, also have ADHD. So very inheritable. I find it all very fascinating. And so do we.
1: Yes, we do. And
0: I have not yet uh, said anything to my extended family uh, because they, I believe, would we don't communicate well enough, but I really believe I've got some cousins on the family tree that need to be uh, that that need to have that diagnosis. So you down. would
1: you would be the person at the family reunion saying, hey, that's have you yeah, ever thought that's gonna about be me. ADHD?
0: <laughs> yeah hundred percent. hundred percent. I'm going to lock down the entire party.
1: <laughs> right. Right.
0: <laughs> uh, so inheritable. And I think that's just really powerful. But the, the real question is, is at what point do you do you uh, talk to your mother and father and say, hey, you know, adult ADHD doesn't discriminate by age.
1: Oh, well, that's true, you know, yeah. yeah. you can
0: get diagnosed uh, it's, they, they call these gray diagnoses, right? when you get diagnosed mm-hmm. for these spectrum disorders in in later age, and uh, it's it's never too late to figure out how your brain works. That's learn right. more about it, that's... get over the stigma.
1: Absolutely. Uh, right. Very
0: powerful. These are some great stories, Nikki Kinzer. I know.
1: Thank you guys so much for sharing. Appreciate it.
0: That means so much. And I hope, I, my, my real hope is that as you listen to these things, as you listen to us read these stories, that it that it, you find some nuggets in here to relate to that, that sound like your story, that mm-hmm. give you some, some hope that, you know, with the right resources and the right community, you can, you know, you can find your own way through your ADHD, uh, just like the rest of us are. Uh, One day at a time, one foot in front of the other. That's right. Pajama pants and all.
1: And no shoes.
0: And no shoes. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for downloading and listening to this show. Thank you all for your time and attention. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute to this conversation, we're heading over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server, and you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level or above. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control. The ADHD Podcast.